Hi, and welcome to The Theology Box, a podcast dedicated to seeing how God fits into the world we live in. We hope you enjoy your time with us today, where theology is the conversation. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for The Theology Box. This is your host, William Carroll, and... Megan Napier. And uh, the last time Megan Napier was on the show with us, um, she was in seminary, and she's still in seminary. So uh, why don't you update us on... Uh, how that's going well I'm in my fourth semester which is almost halfway through I think Um, (laughs) I hope I am (laughs) Um, and currently I'm taking a class on early Judaism writings and uh, preaching and learning a lot being challenged a lot and it's been and still a lot of fun it's very hard uh, because grad school is not easy uh, with the amount of work that you have to do, but it's definitely a lot of fun. I enjoy being with my classmates and my professors are amazing. I remember I took a lot of classes with the same professors, mainly Dr. Winslow. And so you're taking two more classes with her this year, right? Or That's correct. And one's a shared class. Um, and then you're doing mentored ministry, which you didn't mention oh that's right I'm (laughs) sorry (laughs) tell us us about your life (laughs) so yeah I'm also taking mentored ministry sorry it's a one unit class so it it and it only meets bi-weekly so I tend to forget that it's there (laughs) although we're learning a lot of good stuff in that class too um part of the requirement for mentored ministry is for me to also serve at my church for eight hours a week um, and so I've been able to um, get more involved at Foothill Community Church. Um, I've been helping with the, the small groups curriculum. We're using this curriculum called Rooted. Um, and I'm kind of helping with just making sure, like, do we have supplements that we need for the week? Or um, or actually, in the beginning, I just kind of helped with uh, putting together the groups and organizing the groups. And stuff like that. And actually, I also got to help uh, set up for our Ash Wednesday service, too, recently. And that was a really awesome experience. Mm. Yeah, it was. Um, We just actually had like three to four stations set up where you could just kind of reflect with God on like things that you needed to like release to him. Were there any confessions that you needed to make? Um also reflecting on his goodness and then the last station was to receive the ashes and i've actually never done that before i've never been part of a church that carried that did traditions like that um so it was actually an amazing experience to be able to go through the different stations um and then to receive the ashes at the end on my forehead that was it was pretty cool actually yeah yeah it's a cool experience i'm a little disappointed that we didn't have a morning service because I had to work in the evening and I I'm not going to say too much about it but just because the numbers are small doesn't mean that people don't matter a little bit of an oversight but um yeah I think it's a great tradition to have I think there's a real moment of uh self-reflection and recognition that uh, about the brevity of life I would say is the key key thing so, so you referenced some stations. So, what were the stations? Because it's not the stations of the cross. So, okay. So, the stations that were set up um, was remember, release, repent, and then uh, the last one was to receive the ashes. And so, when I went through it, 
um, I, I went to the remember station first and I was just reflecting on God's goodness and, you know, his character, the, the character that really spoke to me at that time was just his faithfulness. And so I reflected on that. And then I went over to the release station um, and released to God what I felt like I really needed to let go of in this season of Lent. And then I went over to the repent station <laughs> and repented of the the sins that were, well, obviously I want to repent of all my sins, but the, the ones that were very highlighted to me that I really want to deal with in this season too. And then I went and received the ashes. And then the imposition of the ashes, uh, what did Dill do it? No, it was uh, Pastor Gail and uh, Pastor Yvette. Okay. And did they say you are but dust and to dust you shall return? That is correct. Yeah. And I think that's where it really struck me was that that particular moment. Because I, I don't remember exactly all the steps that we took to do Ash Wednesday when I was able to go. But it was it ended with that moment of um, this, you know, you are but dust and to dust you shall return. And it really kind of helps humble your sense of, you know, like, yeah, you have big dreams. Yes. You want to do great things in the world. Um, but in the ultimate sense, you are, but dust, you know, you're, you're given this life to, to love other people, to honor God with it. And then at the end, you will be buried or burnt or, or whatever it comes along, you know, for whatever your choice is in that particular arena. Maybe you're cool enough to be a captain of a ship and you'll be thrown into the sea. Hmm. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, most of us are going to get one of the first two options. And, um, and it, but it's also significant to think that this is this is the purpose of Lent. Um, remember, repent, release, and then uh, then the imposition of the ashes. Yes. And um, there there's this time of in Lent where you purposefully give up something that's blocking your relationship with with God. Uh, I think the main concept is to not eat food. I think that's the the highest ideal is like actually fast. Yeah. Nobody does that. <laughs> so most, I think most Christians give up meat in the Catholic church. Mm. They just give up meat. And then uh, other people give up sugar and some people give up social media. And um, I, I guess we modify it to, try to get it at the heart of like what's keeping you from growing in your relationship with God. And, um, like for me, I, I cuss like a sailor. <laughs> wow. He's getting personal. All right. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't cuss like a sailor, but I do. I, I don't mind the idea of using like bad words, but I know that it, it um, other people are offended it can be offensive to some people yeah yeah so i'm so i'm in this particular season even though you know i'm not perfect i'm trying to be mindful of the words that i use and trying to reframe certain expressions that i might have to not 
um, utilize words that offend other people, even though I think it's funny because like at the end of the day, like if I say, you know, you're, you are such a fool, that's still just as bad as saying, um, you're such a bleeping <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you yeah. know? So it's, um, but you know, recognizing that if I say, uh, something with a bad word, it does in this time, it's like giving me pause to reflect on what I said when I catch myself, try to reframe it. And then as I'm reframing it, I actually realize that, oh, why am I saying something so negative Mm -hmm. in general? So like, that's kind of a good thing that's happening. And then there's also this um, activity of being like, um, replacing the thing that distracts you. So if it's social media or if it's um, like watching too much YouTube or whatever it is, you stop watching YouTube, but you don't go watch Twitch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You stop watching YouTube and you read your Bible or pray in that time to be proactive in the disciplines of, of godliness so that you can, you know, connect more closely to God in this season as you, uh, anticipate the death of Jesus. And so I think that that's kind of an interesting dynamic too, but cause like the, you know, the, it's it's this 40-day period where I like what Gail said in the sermon Sunday, uh, even though I wasn't in the building, I, I listened online. And uh, she she was saying how, like, Jesus in the wilderness, um, and I, I don't know, know exactly, like, what the parallel there that I was going to draw, but, like, the the idea is here that we're, we're, we're trying to come alongside, you know, Christ and, and the different modes of his life and the and what we find as some of the most significant moments of his life namely the the tempting the testing in the wilderness and him overcoming the devil um to to eventually go into his ministry which ends in his death so we're going to skip the three-year part uh and go from the wilderness to the crucifixion uh, and then and then the resurrection and there's a lot of uh, reflection that goes on there um, so I don't know those are just some really random thoughts about it hmm. and what so what what about you what did what did you give up for Lent? so it, in terms of what we had talked about I decided that I would uh, give up uh, games on my phone because they were huge time wasters and I was using them to distract myself from the stress that I've been feeling uh, from my academic work. And um, I'm pretty sure I just replaced that with social media. (laughs) But um, actually, so from the Ash Wednesday service, as I was uh, going through contemplating like the different stations and when I was on the release one, um, I realized like what I really would like to give up is expectations. Um, Cause I'm realizing that that has been, it's had a negative effect 
um, on my relationships with people, um, with God, and with myself. And so um, my so as much as I, I you know I want to do the 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 phone game thing or you know trying to get out trying to get rid of distractions so that I just face the issues that I need to deal with head on. Um, a lot of the stress that I am having, I'm realizing more and more, and I realized this before too, but it was just more, I guess, in this season and then the Ash Wednesday service, it really occurred to me that I, I need to overcome the expectations that I've put on myself and on God and on people because of its dam- damaging nature of it. And so every day it's been a challenge because something will come up and I'll realize like I'm expecting something from the person or from myself or from God and I have to rethink through it and try to figure out, okay, how do I not do this? And I think, and I think it's, it, maybe there's, I don't know if there's like good expectations, but definitely I know the expectations that I have right now is bad. Um, like I know for myself, the expectations that I have for myself is perfection because I grew up with this idea that you have to be perfect. You have to be good at what you do. A pluses all the way. Um, and so that mentality is still stuck in me and I'm trying to, like, I really want to make it a goal this season to try and overcome that so that I'm nicer to myself. Yeah, I think that, you know, expectations can be both beneficial and damaging. If you have unrealistic expectations of always doing everything right all the time, then you can really beat yourself up over it when you make a mistake. And everybody's going to make a mistake. Um, and I actually, that's a really good one because it, it seems also like l- less like something that you're giving up although it is, but it seems as, as though it it actually transitions into the other aspect of Lent, uh, really easily, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, uh, the concept of time wasters, which I think everybody kind of, that's easy. And it's easy to give up something that wastes your time. Yeah. Cause it's also like super beneficial to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. To like stop watching Netflix and do something else with your time. Yes. I mean, it's like a thought, I think, that like that when you're watching all the great content that Netflix has, you're sitting there going, why am I watching this? It's true. Yeah, it's terrible feeling, you know, because you're like, because the, the addiction of storytelling is that you want to see the end of the story. Mm. And, and yet at the same time, it's like, you know, you're wasting all your time. Yeah. And um, so getting rid of Netflix and then transitioning to something productive you could do almost anything and suddenly become productive yeah (laughs) you know whereas like taking expectations that you're not even aware that you have um if you take it seriously and hopefully as you know the the next uh few weeks come along you'll have some moments to actually like really meditate on that because you can you can learn more about yourself and you're gonna have to if you want to see what what kind of expectations do you have about yourself? But you can replace those with like realizations and realistic goals and planning to make sure that you're, that you're uh, getting the things done in your life that you need to get done. And I think that's a, so I, yeah, I think that's a really good one. Um, Mine, mine seems, well, I think mine is good too, because 
it, it is for myself, but I'm doing it more in consideration of other people. But I think you time. also hit on it that you realized the negative comments that you were making. Yeah. You know, and I think that also speaks to, you know, your mindset and and where it goes when something is going on and you feel the need to express it in those words. Yeah. And yeah, so, my knee jerk like reaction saying, can be really negative. And right. so it's good to. And you're actually reflecting on, oh, why am I saying it? You know, like, and so I think that's also. Yeah, I think they're pretty good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also trying to watch, uh, not watch YouTube or whatever. And although there's a lot of things that are on YouTube that are also embedded in websites that I'm interested in. Like I can't watch any League of Legends games if I don't u- utilize their website. And yeah. their, their player is a YouTube player. So it's like, eh, I'm not going to really beat myself up over this. Yeah, so Lent's, Lent's a, this is the season of Lent. Uh, I didn't know we were going to be talking about Lent that intimately um that's good though (laughs) yeah um ash wednesday actually start is the mark of the first day of lent and if you saw everybody walking around with crosses on their foreheads then that means you were at least aware on your periphery of people observing lent yeah so according to the wikipedia in Lent, many Christians commit to fasting as well as giving up certain luxuries in order to replicate the account of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ's journey into the desert for 40 days. Um, many Roman Catholic and some Protestant churches remove flowers from their altars. Oh, while crucifixes, religious statues, and other elaborate religious symbols are often veiled in violet fabrics. I didn't know that. Um... So the English word Lent is a shortened form of the Old English word Lenten, meaning spring season. As its Dutch language cognate, Lente still does today. That's kind of interesting. Uh, this is a catholiceducation.org. They always keep, um, the Catholic Church always keeps a pretty good track of history since they've been around for so long. Since the earliest times of the church, there's evidence of some kind of Lenten preparation for Easter for instance, St. Irenaeus um, wrote to Pope St. Victor I commenting on the celebration of Easter and the differences between practices in the East and the West. He said, The dispute is not only about the day, but also about the actual character of the fast. Some think that they ought to fast for one day, some for two, others for still more. Some make their day last 40 hours on end, such variation in the observance did not originate in our own day, but very much earlier in the time of our forefathers. When Rufinus translated this passage from Greek into Latin, the punctuation made between 40 and hours made the meaning to appear to be 40 days, 24 hours a day. The importance of the passage nevertheless remains that since the time of our forefathers, always an expression for the, the apostles, a 40-day period of Lenten preparation existed. However, the actual practices and duration of Lent were still not homogenous throughout the church. So by 313 and the Council of Nicaea, Lent becomes more regularized after the legalization of Christianity. St. Irenaeus wrote that in about 203. Hmm. And so that's how long the church has been observing some kind of fasting an observance of um, the the event at the cross, and I I think that's good, right? 
Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Because like, like I said, like this is my first time being a part of an Ash Wednesday service. And I think, I mean, we kind of observed last year, I think. But um, maybe because I'm more involved now, like I, I was taking it more seriously. Because <laughs> um, I, I came from like a non-denominational church and we did observe fasting, but I don't think we really observed like the traditional um seasons like lent yeah you guys fasted to make something mighty happen uh we fasted for like 21 days praying for north korea yeah it was pretty awesome like it was still a great experience um i i guess in some ways i didn't really realize this at the time but i guess i didn't really want to follow tradition because i just kind of felt like tradition is something that you just do and you just go through the motion and that there's not much meaning behind it yeah like there's no heart in it yeah and but then after going through this uh the ash wednesday service like i think it just really occurred to me that you know it's it's sure some people could go through it just going through the motions um but when you are desiring to be closer to god like it can be a meaningful experience and and i think in that way too it's it connects you to the larger body of Christ, right? And that other people are also wanting that and and knowing that there's other brothers and sisters, not just at Foothill Community Church, but other people who have, who are also observing Lent and Ash yeah. Wednesday. We're all doing this together. And I don't know, like it just really occurred to me like how meaningful this is. And so, yeah, it was just very, it was definitely a powerful experience for me. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think I, I had that same kind of attitude uh, about traditions and stuff because I was originally in a non-denominational church and yeah I think they're really missing out on the some of the key al- elements of what makes the Christian community a worldwide community you mm-hmm. know like being able to do certain things in seasons of remembrance and um, and it's not it's not like you don't you don't get closer to God just because you're trying to do this but it's because of a closeness that you have with God and a desire to know him more that you do this. And so it's like, um, I don't know. I, th- I think when we just kind of go, okay, well, yeah, you know, they're, they're doing that to be holy or whatever. You're kind of losing out on some of the neat impacts of it. And it's, and, and really like, um, you're saying, you know, you guys fasted for 21 days to pray for North Korea. Um, yeah, you you could do that too, you know. Yeah. Like just because you observe Lent doesn't mean that you can't do something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> During the there's plenty of common time, you know, to uh, pray and fast and on your own or or get a group from your church together or get your church going. I mean, even before this, we had a thing that I didn't really participate in. But For the w- city of Azusa. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I I think I I w- I was doing the um the ushering so whenever i do ushering i feel super disconnected from what's going on inside of the Mm. you know the sanctuary because i'm not listening to the sermons i'm like worried about what people are doing out here and then and then i'm wasn't working and i was really kind of in a bad place and like uh, now you're asking me to fast okay um so uh, you know maybe that's that's my bad but uh, the overall uh, message here being that, you know, observing Lent, I think, is a really healthy discipline. And I think that's something that we lose if 
if um, you're, you object to tradition too much, there's, oh, something I was going to say was that, you know, this practice of fasting and observance of what Jesus uh, did for us and his death and, uh, and then resurrection. Um, if it's been going on for so long, you know, recognizing it as a discipline is something to help should help us as believers. And for those who aren't, um, maybe to understand the concept of why Jesus had these things called disciples, Mm. you know, like we're, we're all disciples of Christ. We're not Christians. Like that was the term that the world gave us. Mm. But the reason why they called us Christian is because we're all acting like Jesus at the time. And we were acting like him because we were under the discipline of what he showed, you know, Mm -hmm. to love other people to, um, well, uh, what other disciplines probably fasting you know um observing uh loving people turning the other cheek and for some people you know uh if they're cool enough i guess uh you know performing miracles you know Mm. in the early church it happened quite often i think it still happens today yes um well, you definitely think that. I definitely think that, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that it does. That's the difference. <laughs> um, I've seen some cool movies that show miraculous things happening, so I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that at all. I'm not skeptical about it at all. I just think that I, ha- I don't see it here. Mm. I don't see it often. I guess I hear about it. I catch a whiff of the miraculous happening here and there. Um. So I'm not, I mean, I've seen some pretty crazy supernatural things in my life and they've all been facilitated by, um, you know, my faith in God. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Talking about miracles. It just reminded me of what pastor Gail preached, uh, preached on this past Sunday and about the temptation, uh, the temptations that Jesus went through in the wilderness. And, and I think it was the first one where the devil tempts him to, turn rocks into bread for him to eat because he's been fasting this whole time and clearly jesus has the power to perform this miracle like he can do it and yet he doesn't and it maybe has more to do with the fact that it was the devil tempting him too but um but it just it just occurred to me that jesus had the power to do it he could perform this miracle and yet he chose not to um and it just kind of reminded me of, you know, there are times when I'm going to try to do things by my own power. I don't know. It just really occurred to me like, oh, you know, me wanting to overcome these expectations. Like it's it's maybe I could do it by my own will. I don't know. So far it hasn't worked. Um And so it just, but it was like a really good reminder that sometimes we do have the power to do something, but maybe that's not exactly the right thing to do in that moment. But your, your talk about miracles reminded me of that because Jesus was completely capable of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus fasting in the wilderness is um, really an intense story because yeah, he could have commanded 
stones become bread. And if you really get into the the inner logic of it, like what if if every Jesus's response to the temptation of Satan was that man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right. So he's starving, and yet he recognizes that his own life force or the the very f- nature and fabric of reality is something that God continues to sustain by the power of his own will and which is funny to me also maybe a little ironic uh because if jesus commands it to be bread wouldn't that also be like the (laughs) the word of god (laughs) no so anyway i'm i know i'm sorry okay everyone forgive me that's a that was just a joke um but uh, really, the the point being, you know, that Jesus is fully aware of his own ability and yet has chosen to take this fast upon himself so that he can prove who he is. Um, you know, the testing of it is that, as Gail mentioned, the chronology is that Jesus is baptized and she said 30 days, but I think she meant 30 years of like a normal life. Mm-hmm. And then then he gets baptized and he's the beloved in whom God is well pleased. Yeah. And then he goes into the wilderness to be tested. And the first thing is like, hey, you're hungry. Why are you doing this to yourself? Just make that bread. Mm-hmm. And he's like, because I'm not living on just bread, man. And I'm sure he sounded just like that kind of (laughs) cool dude when he said it. And then the other ones, of course, are um, uh, Satan says, hey, if you're really God's beloved, you could even use that word. It's not what the Bible says, God's son. Uh, Then you could throw yourself off a cliff and the angels are going to catch you because uh, it's been it's been written that you shall not dash your foot against the stone. And, you know, Jesus says, like, you don't test god yeah that way and um then there's uh although there's something about testing god with your finances that everybody like all the health and wealth preachers say go for it but um oh because there's a verse that says it's like malachi or something yeah god is like test me in this yeah yeah. like he actually yeah yeah test me in this and then uh the final one being satan says you know I'll give you all, and I like the way that Gil actually mentions that, like, Satan at this time has this power, you know, like, Jesus doesn't argue with him about what he offers him next, and that is, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus isn't like, no, that world belongs to the Father. That's not what he says, Mm -hmm. right? He doesn't say, hey, no, you don't have the power to give me that. He says that worship the Lord only right Right. basically maybe i'm paraphrasing a little bit but basically you know you shall worship god and not you buddy so get out of here and then after that he starts his ministry and i think that's kind of the thing too you know um and i and i I do think gail touched on this idea as well is that like during lent there's gonna be plenty of times where you're gonna feel like you know you you can have an expectation right like for you or like for me it's like you know people just because they get offended doesn't mean that like bad words are a big deal right Mm -hmm. 
and I can justify it all I want left and right. And I did a little bit on the show already, but ultimately why am I doing this? And what am I giving up? What is it going to prove in the end? And I'm hoping that by the end that I realize just a little bit more that my relationship to God, you know, and, and that, um, and I think even, yeah, I'm just referring to Gail a lot. That's why she needs to come on the show. That's I it. agree. It's, it's settled. Um, <laughs> is that, um, that I'm his beloved son, one of mm-hmm. them, you know, uh, one of many. And that's, and that's a really cool thought. And maybe next year I can do something more significant or maybe hopefully next year I won't have such a problem with, you know, my, my language, but in either quick, either case, if, if it is still bad, then I'll do it again. Yeah. And then you, you keep, you keep progressing towards the goal of, of being the disciple of Jesus. And I think that's what this tradition captures. Um, and so for anyone that's observing it, you know, keep going, you can do this. Anyone that's not because their church doesn't observe traditions, you know, look at the character of the nature of your own heart and consider maybe, maybe it's not the best thing to judge people who do follow traditions and call them meaningless or empty of value. Um, Although, you know, agreeably some people might just go through the motions but um did you have any last thoughts megan i think also with with this discipline though and something that i do appreciate about now being a part of this tradition too is that idea of grace because you know during lent we want to be oh well so this is coming from like my expectation of myself of always having to be perfect and so when I have that expectation to give up unreasonable expectations of myself um, you know I know I'm going to mess up because it's so hardwired into me Um, but then to also remember that there's grace and that there's mercy and if you fall back down let's say you gave up sugar and you ate that piece of chocolate it's okay get back up on your feet it's a new day it's a new hour it's a new minute and just keep going Um, because like you're saying ultimately it's our it's 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 what's going on between you and God and and getting closer to him and yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a I mean that shows a little bit of growth already, right? Yeah. Maybe. I think so, considering how um rigid I've been with myself in the past. Well, um awesome. Thanks uh for coming and speaking with me here. Um Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah, it's 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 been a little rough with the uh, full time schedule and uh, not knowing who's gonna be on next. But uh, I don't know. I enjoy the conversations, so I just gotta reach out to some people. Also, if you're listening, and uh, I'll extend an invitation. If you would like to be on the theology box, or you'd like to hear us discuss something, leave a comment or message us on Facebook. 
Um, we also have an Instagram that you can check out, but, um, the website that's attached to the Google podcast is not for this necessarily. So, uh, but you can contact me personally through that, but, um, it's not really, it's for my art. And, um, it's kind of embarrassing that they're (laughs) like, I don't mind, but it's like, I don't want, people to go from the theology box if they find it through google and then see my website be like oh here and then it's like here's my art <laughs> it's like that's not the theology box so i've been at least meaning to put something up but i really need to just create a website um but if you don't so again if you'd like to talk uh on the theology box to be on the show uh please send a message and um if you have any show ideas please leave your comments and I want to thank everyone for um, listening and if um, this is your first time listening hopefully uh, you stick around have a great day